You're listening to Parkway's podcast. Hey, this is Pastor Ryan from Parkway Church, and I just want to take a few minutes uh, with you and do some teaching on the material that I just preached this past Sunday. Unfortunately, our recording didn't work, so I'm going to take just a few minutes here and teach on the same material so that we can get the message out online and over the radio for you to hear. So this uh, past Sunday, um, I preached on breakthrough peace. And as a church, we have been believing for breakthrough in 2015. As we start uh, this new year, we have been praying for and believing in breakthrough for our church and for our people and for our city. Um, We are praying that this will be a cornerstone year in our lives and in our church, meaning that when we look back on the spiritual foundation of our lives, we will recognize this year as a cornerstone of that foundation, of uh, a very important piece of that foundation. So uh, I want to talk to you guys about how we can have breakthrough peace in our lives, how God's peace can break through into our lives and do amazing things. How many of us know just how incredible it is when God's peace comes into our lives? How the craziest situations can suddenly make sense and solutions can present themselves in moments of peace. Um, Even if you aren't a Christian, you've experienced this um, when you are so stressed out about something and then you just take a deep breath and you just calm yourself down and you get into a peaceful state how that can clarify your mind and how a solution to a situation can present itself only in situations where you've stopped and taken a chance to really think about things when you've entered into a peaceful state. And I would suggest that uh, seeking after God's peace in our lives is an area that we aren't very good at, yet the Bible gives us such clear instructions on how peace can be a cure to so many things in our lives. So I want to jump right into the word with you guys. Um, And this is from Philippians chapter 4, starting at verse 4. And it says this. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Philippi uh, from prison, which we will talk about in just a few minutes. So this is what Paul writes. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So there's three lessons I want to go over that I uh, took out of this passage that I want to teach to you right now. The first lesson is this, rejoice always. Rejoice always, I say it again, rejoice. Not sometimes, not every once in a while, not most of the time, always. Here's a quote um, from a Bible commentary on this passage, and it says this, 
in the Christian life, whether in attack, personality clashes among believers, persecution from the world, or threat of death, all which Paul himself was experiencing at this very time while he was in prison, like I was just talking about. The Christian is to maintain a spirit of joy in the Lord. The Christian is not immune to sorrow, nor should they be insensitive to the troubles of others, yet they should count the will of God their highest joy, and so to be capable of knowing inner peace and joy in every circumstance. Isn't that beautiful? God isn't telling us to rejoice in him always, uh, not because he's up in heaven wanting all of our attention. No, it's because he wants. He knows that by re- us rejoicing in him, circumstances uh, can be clarified. He knows that by rejoicing in him, we can find inner peace and joy that can only be found in God through Jesus. His peace is like an anchor in the most wicked storms of life. That the will of God knowing that God is in every situation, knowing that he loves and cares for us and that there's nothing um, out of his reach. There's no situation that's out of his reach for him to come into our lives and intervene and help us with. Knowing that just gives an anchor to anything that can happen in our life. This peace uh, and this joy can come into our life in every situation. The second lesson that I want to talk about, which is the bulk of the teaching today, is that anxiety can be cured with prayer. Isn't that a lot easier said than done? But let me uh, explain a bit further what I mean by this. And let me get a little bit scientific with you today. I want to talk to you about something called an anterior cingulate. This is a, a part of your brain that is responsible for social awareness, empathy, and intuition. It's basically our connection with other people. It's part of your brain that isn't active all the time. And many scientists consider it to be the soul or the heart part of your brain. So what we would say we feel in our hearts, the emotions and things, this is the part of your brain that is really processing all of those things. And the best way scientists have said and have proven that the best way for a human being to activate this part of their brain is to spend time in meditative prayer. The best way for you and me to activate this part of our brain is to meditate on God. In fact, uh, the scientists who study this say that uh, to activate an anterior cingulate, short, quick prayers do not work, but longer meditative prayers. People who do this and attend weekly religious gatherings have strong and active anterior cingulates. And in fact, they've proven that people who have a strong and active anterior cingulate actually live longer than others. So why should you care about this? Why do you care about your anterior cingulate? Well, get this. People who have an active and strong anterior cingulate experience greater empathy a greater connection to other people, reduced anger, and reduced stress and anxiety. Anyone who's ever battled with stress, anxiety, anger, uh, feelings of being disconnected with people, or you don't care about other people because you simply can't empathize with them, you can't understand what's going going on with other people, and you feel isolated, and you feel alone. 
Listen, scientifically, when you pray, you can defeat all of these things. Because the part of your brain that is responsible for stress and anger and anxiety and your anterior cingulate cannot be active at the same time. If you deal with these things, you can literally fight them by simply praying more. Just getting to a quiet place and talking with Jesus. Have you ever heard someone say that God's presence is so refreshing? Or they might use terminology like, a weight has been lifted off of me. Or a lot of new believers, when they begin a journey with Jesus and they get into living a Christian lifestyle, often you'll hear them say that there's just this peace that's in their life that they didn't have before. Uh, This is happening to them because now that they are spending time praying, um, spending time in God's presence, spending time uh, thinking about God, they're actually working their anterior cingulate. They're activating their anterior cingulate and they're deactivating parts of their brain that cause stress and anxiety and anger and all of those bad things. So they literally are physically bringing peace into their life by spending time with God. Or have you ever met someone who just doesn't care about what other people think? They just will say things like they have no filter. They just blurt things out and they don't care how those words might affect or hurt other people. Well, these people, it's very possible, these people um, have not worked their interior cingulate and their interior cingulate has been inactive for so long that the other parts of their brain have kind of taken over and they've literally lost the ability to connect with other people because you see uh, the interior cingulate, like I said, it has a lot to do with how our social awareness, how we connect with other people. So if those other parts of your brain are active and your interior cingulate can't be active, then you are literally losing your ability to connect with other people. And that's why we say things like people have no filter because they actually don't have the ability to understand how their words might be affecting the people around them. But when we pray, the parts of our brain that trigger all these bad things, they quiet down and our anterior cingulate steps in and starts a better connection with your soul and with other people. Some studies have even shown that an active anterior cingulate can counter the effects of depression. That when you pray, you're actually healing neuron connections in your brain. It is then no mistake that the Bible is instructing us to pray through situations. Before science could prove all the amazing benefits and effects of prayer, God was already making sure that his people were battling these negative things with prayer. The word that I just read It said, but in everything, in every situation, pray. What I find interesting is that all of these things that an active interior interior cingulate uh, combats are the root causes of a lot of issues we run into in our lives. Like anger, for example. Anger is the root issue of things like bitterness and holding grudges against people and unforgiveness towards others. It's amazing to me just how many issues that plague so many of us can be solved with prayer. Not even just fixing ourselves, but fixing our relationships with other people. Increase our empathy for others. Being able to see problems uh, from the other person's point of view. Imagine what issues 
would be non-existent between people if we are better at empathizing with others, if we are better at seeing seeing things through their eyes. But when we don't pray, we let other voices win. We lose our connection to our soul and our connection to others. But by praying more, we can literally change that. We can literally uh, change uh, how our body and how our brain reacts to other people. We can change emotionally, spiritually, and physically. The third lesson that we learned from this passage is instructions on how to find God's peace. Finally, it says, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I think that in our North American consumerism culture, we so often just want to consume God. And what I mean by that is that we only concern ourselves with what God can give us, what God can do from us, what we can get out of God. In the context of peace, we can sometimes so easily just care about having it in our lives when things get a little rocky. Then we stand there and we ask God to give us peace in our situations and just wait for him to download peace into our lives. Then we're upset when it doesn't happen. And maybe we even begin to question the existence of God. We start to make statements like, God hates me. God doesn't care about me, which aren't true. God loves you and he cares about you. But right here in the word, it it clearly instructs us on how we can invite God's peace into our lives. It says to think about what is true. Think about what is noble, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely. All of these things are characteristics of God, and they're characteristics all Christians should strive to put into practice. Again, it is no mistake that the Bible tells us to think about these things, because God, the one who created us, knows the incredible benefits of us and uh, benefits to us and to others around us when God's peace is in our life. So think about these things. Think about the truth of who God is. Uh, Just think about honesty. Like if you think about the opposite of all these things, the opposite of truth, the opposite of being noble, the opposite of being right, the opposite of being pure, the opposite of being lovely. If someone were to have all the characteristics, all the opposites uh, of these things, imagine how terrible of a person that would be. Imagine how much poison that would bring into your life if you were constantly thinking about the opposite of all these things. Yet, how often do we do that? And the Bible is instructing us to be consciously thinking about these good things, about these good characteristics of God. Because when we think about these things in our life, it brings God's peace with it. So, in conclusion, there are three words in these passages that I believe are the most important for us to have breakthrough peace in our lives. And those are always, everything, think. Always rejoice in the Lord. In everything, pray. Think about these things. No situation is too bad or good for us to be not rejoicing Jesus in. No situation is too bad or too good for us not to be rejoicing Jesus in. 
Paul in prison, writing this letter, going through terrible things, is encouraging this church to rejoice. Because in his own life, he was sitting in prison, rejoicing God. Yeah, he was in a bad situation, but he was rejoicing because he knew through that rejoice, he would be able to have an inner joy and an inner peace of God come into his life. You see, if we're not rejoicing, then what are we doing? If you're not rejoicing Jesus in your good and your bad situations, then what are you doing? Are you letting other voices get in and just make situations worse? Are you letting other voices get in and rob you of the good situations, of the celebrations in your life, of the highs, of the good times? Are you letting the devil come in and rob you of those because you're not rejoicing Jesus in them? Because you're not rejoicing and thanking God that you're in that moment. Nothing is beyond the scope of God to intervene in our lives. In everything, pray. If God's inviting us to pray in every situation, then it's only logical that he is able to intervene into every situation. There is nothing that God can't step in and help us through. There's nothing that's beyond the scope of God intervening in our lives. And lastly, think about the characteristics of God. When you think about the characteristics of God, you can heal your mind and bring peace into your life. We live in a culture that is so desperate for peace. It's so desperate just to have a moment to just breathe and relax and think. We are so busy. We, have, we are so connected. We can't escape our phones going off. We can't escape the emails pouring in. Uh, we can't escape anything. We are so desperate for just quiet and peace in our lives. And God is inviting, that, in, inviting us into that. Not just peace, but his peace. His peace that transcends all understanding. His peace that brings joy. His peace that is an anchor through every situation. Here's one last thought before uh, I close off. Um, we're talking about meditative thinking of God. Meditate on who God is. You see, meditation is so important. And in our modern-day Christianity, we kind of get freaked out by that word meditate. But in the Bible, it talks about meditating in prayer so much. And I believe that's a practice that a lot of Christians are missing out in their life because they're afraid that it's going to be too new-agey, too worldly. But I encourage you and let you know that God was the one who invented meditation because of the benefits that he knew it would have for his children. The thing is, is that you already know how to meditate in your life. We do it every single day. Uh, to meditate is to just take a thought and think about it constantly, um, to never be able to let go of that thought. The best modern-day example I can think of is, say you get a bad message in your inbox, and you read it, and it kind of freaks you out. And for days after, like in the pit of your stomach, you can that's all you can think about. And... The thing is, is that you already know how to meditate. You do it all the time. We do it all the time. You see, it's like 
when you get a bad message in your inbox and you read it and for days that's all you can think about. You wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it. Uh, you, no matter how hard you try, you're mulling it over in your brain. That's like what meditation is. It's having a thought or something and you just can't let go of it. It just keeps going over and over in your head. Well, when we focus that energy on God, when we focus that energy on thinking about the characteristics of God and who he is, what he's done for us, the truth of his word, uh, the salvation that we can find through his son, Jesus Christ, all of these amazing good things. When we think about the characteristics of God, that meditation is what activates our anterior cingulate and brings our peace and our better connection to our soul, our better connection to other people. It brings it, it comes with when we meditate on God and the characteristics of him. You see, when you just think about the idea of God or the idea of a God, the parts of your brain that are active when you do that are the parts that uh, help you understand 3D space. When you're in a room and being able to understand the three dimensions of the space around you and the objects in a room. So when you just think about the idea of a God, you're just kind of making this like distant object. It's just this thing that's just out in space that's there. However, when you think about the characteristics of who God is, other parts of your brain, like the anterior cingulate, are used. And it's more like you're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone. When you think about the characteristics of God, it's like you're sitting with God and he's there with you. His presence is there with you and his peace is there with you. So I challenge you in your life, no matter what kind of situation you find yourself in right now, to seek after God's peace. To, in every situation, go to him with prayer, with meditative prayer, to think about all of the good characteristics of God and invite his peace into your life. I don't know about you, but for my life, I want to live in a place of constant peace with God. I don't want to wait till I'm in a terrible situation, till I'm in the depths of some craziness in my life. I don't want to wait till then to seek after God's peace. I'd rather walk into those situations already in God's peace, already calm and collect, knowing that whatever is going to happen through the situation, and whatever the outcome is, no matter how I'm going to come out on the other side, uh, I'm going to get through it calmly and with God's peace and with God's wisdom in my life. I don't know about you, but I'd rather have that than be in the middle of something and then start seeking after peace. Will God give you his peace in those moments? Yes, he will. I believe he will. But I don't know about you, but for me, i rather walk into situations with God's peace already in my life. So I challenge you to seek after God's peace in your life. Whether you're in a good situation right now or a bad situation right now, just rejoice and be thankful for what God has given you and know that his peace is going to be with you in the future as long as you seek God and the characteristics of him. So let me pray before we go. God, I just pray for all of us. Lord, that you will just help us seek your peace. Lord, that you will show us all of the good things you've done in our lives and all the good things you're going to do. So that in everything, we can just rejoice in who you are. Just be joyful that we have an anchor in our lives. And that your peace can do so much good us and can just bring such a gentleness and a calmness and, and a clarity into every situation. 
So Lord, I pray for all of us, no matter what situation we're in, good or bad, that you, Lord, will help us seek your peace in everything. Amen. Well, God bless. Thanks for listening. Um, If you'd like to join us at Parkway Church, please do. 551 Murray Drive, Corona, Ontario. Come and join us on a Sunday, 10 a.m. We got a guest if you're or a, a gift if you're a new time visitor. And we're looking forward to seeing you and meeting you. Um, and let God's peace go before you. Have a great day. God bless. Thanks for listening to our message. If you'd like to learn more about Parkway Church, you can visit us online at parkway-church.com.